Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. We're here just letting it play. Ten minutes after eight on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill is producing the program. Eric Bilstead, Vince Petrano here with you until... Nine o'clock. We got to get to more on the the parking structure at Bayshore and a couple of the takeaways from that. First of all, so fortunate are we that not even any injuries, much less deaths, that sounded like a catastrophic situation that was developing early yesterday afternoon. The reports first came in. We were hearing multiple levels, multiple vehicles. God knows if anyone was in there. Had all... All the makings of a tragedy, yes. and right now it's just an extraordinary inconvenience and a high cost, and that's what it looks like at this point. But just quickly before we get back to that, because we're ending the program with Mark Tauscher and Pancake's big announcement that he is a father-to-be for the first time. We're excited to learn Yay, that. Yay, Greg! So we were talking about who finds out when and getting a lot of traction on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. I shared that story with one of our texters. Our granddaughter's engagement was on Facebook before we knew about it, and she's not even the one who posted it. Uh, See, now that's a friend's fault, though. You can't be doing that. First of all, right, not your story to tell. Yeah, who are you to steal that? Come on. So that's a a mistake on the friend's part. But also, got to think, I mean, there is an order. There is a hierarchy about who gets to know first. Well, so you're for sure, right? You're saying what? Parents before siblings, or and probably her parents first, right? Because for baby, you mean? yeah, her parents first because she's got the baby. Yeah, I, 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 I would <laughs> there, agree with right? all of okay, that. So I, I ain't gonna get in front of that exact. One. No, you are not right. So for. A million reasons, that being one of them, right? Her parents first, but your parents then. Dude's parents, not too short, not not too soon, or not too far away from that, because you don't want her parents to know for weeks, and then his parents, like they find out, well, they've known for all this time, and now it's, why didn't you tell? Right, so we don't want any of that. We don't want a big gap in there. But her parents first. Yes, I, I would say that's that would make the most sense. Although I do think that, like. I don't know, a sibling or a close friend or someone you spend a lot of time with? You can't can share it with them if you see them on okay. a daily basis? Or am I, no, am I getting fair. myself into trouble? Particularly for her, if she's yeah, going through yes, it and yes. she has a secret <laughs> again, that she, right. Again, for her, not, not, for, okay, is not the, my buddy. <laughs> is, is the first rule she gets to tell whoever yes. she wants, whenever she wants, however she wants? Is that the, rule number yes, one? Yes, yes. <laughs> we're, we're on the same page that, <laughs> okay, yes, right. she gets to decide. And then all other rules are subsequent to that rule first. Yes. Okay. All other rules, therefore, that we will institute Correct. happen after the understanding like, of that being the rule that she gets to do whatever she wants. Like gender, name announcement, Any all of those. that stuff. Mom can make all of those decisions. I'm fine with that. Right. She has the trump card on yes. all that. But then, so right. So she may confide in a best friend or maybe a sister or someone else, right? Because she's going through whatever she's going through. But right. The first friend to find out is not your buddy. It's not me. <laughs> and then they're posting. <laughs> hey, Bill Stan's having a kid. Can you believe it? Congrats to my friend, Eric. <laughs> Let me make sure I tag him in this post. How do you know I do the radio show? Greg's a good friend and producer of the program. Want to wish him and his lovely bride congratulations. Way to go, Greg and Steph. 
What? What? Although, I mean, should we be offended that he said he told all his friends oh, first, but we, we didn't find out until today? Yes. No, because the best part was so the best part was telling you guys in I've always had the idea like I'm gonna tell them via the segment, the pancake special. Yeah. Like, but it's just yes. a matter of how I'm going to do it. And honestly, keeping it a secret, not easy at all. Oh, I believe so. It. And it's funny too, because there was like signs. I don't expect anyone to pay close attention, but we did have a holiday party, a company holiday yeah. party. We knew then. And she was drinking water with lime in it. it threw nice. everyone for a loop. Nice. Nobody knew. So just like little things like that had to kind of keep it low key before we really started telling anyone. Well, and women always know. Because dudes are just like oblivious to stuff that goes on around them. Like mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times we've had dinner with friends or, you know, someone else in the family or whatever, and we'll get in the car and there's my wife. She's pregnant. Like, what why why would you say that? Didn't you notice this? Didn't you notice that? I'm like, I don't know. Like I barely remember what we talked about. <laughs> I was talking to my buddy, I was talking to my other buddy about golf. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had wash. She didn't have a drink. I'm like, I, I guess. See, as long as didn't. you don't call it out, then though, you can't be like, "Well, what are you pregnant? Why are you having a beer?" <laughs> also, let's please see rule number one and add addendum one dash two. Evan Vetrano just right. asked. You wife. never ask. <laughs> no, have one of these high lives. Come on, <laughs> come on. What what's the matter with you? Why aren't you drinking? <laughs> Which is a stupid question person. anyway, which we ask each other in Wisconsin all the where's your beer? What do you care where my beer is? <laughs> Wait, what am I Mind in college business. again to an e- even then, but now like as an adult, you're at a party, where's your beer? Don't worry about it. Where's yours? Check this one. Two six two on the uh, old national bank talking text line. Eight five five six one six one six twenty old national bank. Get old. My sister is pregnant at the same time as my wife. So we did a double announcement to our parents over Christmas. Then we told select friends, but to keep it a secret, one friend told her mom, and she accidentally spilled the beans oh, on a Facebook day post. Off Facebook. How, how does that happen? With, a with friend's mom. Announcement. A friend's mom. So uh, that's... How does that happen? That's your mom going on Facebook and congratulating Pancake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. all her crew. Mom, don't do that, please. Is that on the people telling them, though? Because we disclose, we're like, nobody knows yet. Yeah. Like, not that my parents would find out via social media, but still, like, other member, other people. Like, I didn't want to spoil it for you guys. Like, if someone posted that and, like, tagged me yeah. on it, you guys would have seen it. Yeah. Which would have been not cool. Well, and we would have celebrated and been excited for you. But, but yeah, yes, it was much more fun this way. Yeah, 100%. A uh, so, couple of interesting texts here on this this angle of it, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, Jeff is texting this in and another one here. My wife knew the daughter was pregnant before the father did. Because she could tell or she was informed. And then here's another one from the 414. I told my best friend before my husband. (laughs) Yeah, so basically in both cases, uh, mom-to-be told mother before telling dad. Or in this case, her her best friend. But but if you have a problem with that, please see rule number one. Which was, she gets to tell whoever she wants, however yes, she wants. Yes, and actually that kind of makes sense in a lot of ways. Like, you know, right? chuck, check with the chef. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But I, I, I can give you that. If, you're, if you find out you're pregnant, I get that. You might, you know, might have a bestie you're going to tell or a mom quick before, oh, you know, like you got to process that. You need to bounce that off of somebody before you're telling husband or dad, right? This is another raging debate here, too, on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. If you'd like to weigh in, 855-616-1620 on the gender. Should you know the baby's gender ahead of time? And everybody has different thoughts on this. 
mine both times around was absolutely. And we can continue that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why next, but you know, I had, and if you've ever met Vetrano before, you'll know exactly why. <laughs> Eight eighteen on Wisconsin's morning news. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves. Eight twenty-two in Wisconsin's morning news, discussing a uh, several issues related to that pregnancy and the announcement that you share, what order in which you share the announcement, with whom, when. And then also a raging debate over whether or not to know the sex of the children. You know, Tausch had an interesting thought. Tausch said it's the only thing you can't Google. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's interesting. Unless, of course, the uh, the father or, or, I'm sorry, the doctor or the tech posted on Facebook that, <laughs> that a, one of their patients is having a boy or something. Crazy well, I like have that. an interesting story related to that and me, but let's get to a couple of texts first. Here's one. What's, what's the deal with boomer moms doing stuff like that on Facebook? <laughs> boomer moms. That's stemming from a story where someone called in saying that they had a, a friend told their mom that their friend was having... A baby, and then mom posted on Facebook. Mom posted on Facebook, <laughs> and then other people found out later than they should have. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Let me talk to Luann this morning in Grafton. You have a story about who found out when, Luann? Yes. Good morning. I have a friend. This is a long time ago, but she invited both sets of parents out to dinner. They put their two-year-old in the high chair at the dinner table and everything. The two-year-old was wearing a shirt that said, I'm the big sister, and just waited to see who would notice. It was so funny. (laughs) And who did notice? Um, Both sets of parents. I'm not, I don't remember anymore which one noticed first, but there was a lot of screaming. (laughs) What are are you wearing over there? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that story, Luann. I thought it was just really cute. Yeah, I bet. That's that's a good one. I have seen that. Or maybe you make the video, especially if your folks live far mm-hmm. away. Yep. You know, my parents have always been close, and, and her parents as well, so it wasn't an issue for us. Big brother shirt, something yeah. like that. 855-616-1620 if you got a story to share. Uh, Greg wants to weigh in on the knowing the sex of the baby first. Greg and Elm Grove. Morning, Greg. Hey, good morning, Ben. Uh, how did it play out for you? Well, just a couple months in, the doctor handed the envelope. This is for both my daughters, and my wife did not want to know the sex, but I wanted to know the sex. So with both of our daughters, I kept it secret for the entire pregnancy. But she, meaning, kept the secret that I knew they were girls. My wife didn't want to know. So oh, I'm interested man. that she allowed that, that she, that she trusted you with that information, Greg. How close did you go to blowing it over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty close yeah. over and over again, yes. But I kept it, and she's like, man, you know, she couldn't believe I could keep a secret that long because I usually can't. But literally, but, but while I did, uh, my second daughter is now 18, like a few days before birth, oh, a good buddy of mine's like, well, dang it, Greg, you know, just tell me. You know, we want to know um, what kind of clothes to get the baby. I'm like, uh, it's a girl. But otherwise... And then he posted it on Facebook. Really, really hard. (laughs) I did it, man. I did it. (laughs) Yeah, good for you, Greg. I'm glad you had a couple of healthy baby girls. Thanks for sharing. So this has come up because Greg Pancake Hill announced this morning on the air that he is an expectant father and his wife is pregnant. 
So the question is, Greg, for you, would you want to know even if she didn't want to know? Would you take that secret and hold it? I could not take that. No way. I could not do that. Too much responsibility, right? No way. It was hard enough to keep it from you guys for a a (laughs) decent amount of time. That's a we decision, I think. Like, who gets to know? Certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, again, like, finding, telling people that we were pregnant, it was just like, all right. How do we do this? We got to be methodical about it, and now, yeah, you, so I can't imagine having that pressure. Do you know for sure that Steph told you first? Uh, yes, yeah, I know that for a fact. <laughs> just, just yeah, yeah, right. Yes, I know. Eight twenty-six on Wisconsin's morning news. My sister-in-law and I found out at the same time. I'll tell you how that happened next on Wisconsin's morning news. Eight twenty nine on Wisconsin's Morning News. I mentioned my sister in law and I found out at the same time that my wife was pregnant with our first. She was training to be an ultrasound tech, and so she brought my wife in. I mean, she had her suspicions, and I guess I also, you know, we had had that conversation. But we went in before we went to an official doctor's visit, OBGYN or anything like that. We went, and her oh, sister, just to who was, see. she was in training for that, so she would, she needed people. Like part of her training was, like, can I practice on you? Whatever. I, said, well, I got something you can up. practice on. And sure enough, she found it and was the first to very early on say, yep, there, there's your baby. Wow. So that so was you interesting. Got that. Okay. I was all in on finding out. Like I didn't need any surprises or magic. I figured there was going to be enough magic that day, you know, whatever. That and as I mentioned, like you're bringing a whole other person. Like you leave the house and it's two and you come home to your house and there are three people. <laughs> And yeah. one of those people is dependent solely on you for its survival. Like that just weighed heavy. And I'm like, the last thing I need to worry about is, you know, should we paint the room? Actually, we did paint the room yellow, I think, which was sort of a uh, go either neutral. way. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I just want to know who I was talking to in there. You know, while baby's cooking and you're supposed to have conversations and sure. read books and all those things. I want to know what I'm dealing with. So you needed the gender for that reason? Yeah, I want to know. I want to know who's in there, hmm. soon as possible. My wife's an accountant, so she wanted to yeah, know everything. Let's go get everything. all the details out. Need it now. Give me that information now, so I can plan. The bigger surprise for me ever was not whether we were having a boy or a girl, and our first was a girl. It was finding out we were having twins. And See, that, that that could floor me. <laughs> it did. And I did not respond well. <laughs> There's a shock. Which, right, right, knowing me as you do. Like, what do you think? I said, what a blessing. The Lord's blessings on <laughs> oh, us. Your hair was like immediately on fire. Because <laughs> at the time, right, we already, we had a then one-year-old who was going to be two when the twins would be born. <laughs> and we went for a particularly early ultrasound because we had decided we wanted, I signed a two-kid deal. I'm like, all right, let's have two kids. That was the plan. Okay. Right. So we were going to have mm-hmm. child number two, and then in any number of years, we we're going to do this and move here and all those all those other things. And we had, I guess, opened our – we had targeted a pregnancy for a certain time, and, you know, it was taking time, and that's fine. And so we weren't in one of those zones where we were, like, trying, as right. couples say. It. I get it. And then uh, – we so we did a lot of stuff. We did some painting some other things that you're like not supposed to do if sure, you're pregnant. Sure. And then my wife kind of discovered, she's like, I think I might actually be pregnant. 
And then she's like, man, we painted and we did that. So went for an earlier ultrasound than usual. So I had a long time to worry about this. And we were in there. Oh, that's great. And the ultrasound tech is going through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the doctor, you know, everything. You heard a heartbeat. And she's like, heartbeat sounds healthy. Or she said, I think she said things sound healthy. So we're like, Whew, okay, great. And then she walked out. She said, I'm going to get the doctor. And she walked out. And I looked at my wife. Whew. She said, yeah, good news, heartbeat and whatever. Yep, I said, yep. Yeah, and at least it's not twins. You actually said I that. I said that. At least it's not twins, because that would be really hard, we thought. Oh, now boy. the doc comes in, first thing she says is, so who's got twins in the family? <laughs> oh! No. Uh, oh, uh, no! Uh, oh, boy. So it was a quiet walk out of the hospital, I'll tell you. Well, Except who does for, have twins in the family? <laughs> right. Um, you know what? It was like not statistically significant, Deb. Like we had some. My dad's got a couple of cousins who are twins. Oh, I have, okay. I have twin cousins, but it wasn't really, you know, something where it was on my radar for something that was course, a likelihood right. for us. And I'll it's tell you, I mean, start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. And but for the, it was quiet walking out. But for these great words that I said, she says. Finally, she's like. Needing some sort of reaction of from course. me. I'm in shock. And she says, well, what do you think? I said, well, I think we need a new car. I think we need a new house. I think we're bullseye. That's what I said <laughs> Oh boy, to my wife. Oh, boy. I bet that went over really well. Nice job. So we did get a new house and we did get a new car because we couldn't fit three car seats across. I would have three oh, in a car gosh. seat. So there was all that because they were so close together. You know what you did next? So I got on the phone and I called Sean Went. <laughs> I got two more I said, kids Sean, coming. I need some help. Yeah, Sean Went, I'm going to need some help. Oh, yeah. Twenty minutes before nine o'clock on this Friday morning, Wisconsin's morning news promised a little bit more conversation and information about what happened at Bayshore with the partial collapse there in the parking garage. When Eric and I were in the newsroom and we first started getting hints that something was afoot there at Bayshore, man, that's one of those breaking news stories that, thankfully, as often is the case, started out a lot worse than it turned out to be. Wow! I mean, we, we the the initial reports, you know, mass casualty potential events, several vehicles. Involved in a collapsed parking garage at Bayshore turned out to be a right, partial collapse. Collapsed but, yeah. parking garage yeah. is what we heard. We mm-hmm. heard a floor collapsed in the parking garage. Immediately sending the crew out there to get more details on it. Then when we finally got eyes on it, we saw a giant pile of debris and snow and, what, a half a dozen, if not more, firefighters in full gear feverishly digging through that pile of snow. And so what we were trying to put together, too, is, you know, having driven by that 10 billion times right on the freeway, that's the parking structure that faces the freeway. So you can see that when you drive mm-hmm. by yeah. is we finally started to realize, like, I think that structure is only that tall. Like we were looking for the part of the the floor that allegedly collapsed right. and realizing that it hadn't been a full floor that collapsed. Already, we started to feel better about the situation. The firefighters digging frantically through that pile of snow and rubble did not help that. And that lasted for a bit, and uh, Mercure jumped on, and he was on live with Wagner talking about it. This was like during the 1 o'clock hour. And as we were following this, we had Jason Smith on the scene. One thing we learned fairly quickly is that things started to settle down. It didn't seem as active. The firefighters started to you know, put the shovels down and whatnot. 
And what we had learned is that they were checking video surveillance and different things, and they were fairly certain, almost 100%, and now they are, that no one was underneath that pile. You can tell I me mean, you've been on a number of these emergency response scenes as a reporter, and you start to look for the posturing that occurs, signs for things that you can witness. Because in those moments, there's not somebody there briefing you. Yeah, this they don't is have what, time to talk They're to busy, right? right? So you're waiting for whenever things settle mm-hmm. and the immediate emergency subsides that someone will come and brief you and give you some information. Sure. But you, so then you learn to try to pick up on signs of what, what am I seeing here? And right, you could tell at some point midway through this, that the posturing from the firefighters and other first responders on scene was starting to get better, more positive of like, okay, they're not running around. They're still there. They're still attentive, but they don't seem to be going after any particular thing at the moment. So then we saw our first chopper shot, 12 through their chopper up above it. And what was the first thing I noticed from the chopper shot is that there wasn't any snow on the parking roof, on the parking garage roof, which is where you can park. There's actually... That top floor, right? Yeah. And there was this big collapse and all the snow in the hole, but there was like no snow on the actual floor of the ceiling of this garage. And like, okay, so clearly they were pushing the snow into one spot, trying to clear that some more spaces were open. And it appears anyway that just the weight of that snow is what caused the collapse as they... I know they're still looking into that, trying to figure that out, but it certainly looks like that. And so if you can imagine, right, the top floor and most structures you can park on that top floor, right? So they must have had some sort of snow clearance to clear those spots and dumped it all in one spot. It happened to be what actually collapsed is a part of the ramp. So it doesn't have the same support as some of the exteriors Mm -hmm. or the sides of the, the parking structure, and that ramp actually fell in on itself, and that's what collapsed. So one thing to point out, it's possible that this procedure has been done a million times every time it snows. Here's the difference, and you may have noticed it when you were out in the driveway. The sleet slash snow we had a couple of days ago was heavier than the normal stuff. Didn't look like that much, right? When you oh shoveled, you gosh. went out and you're like, it's not that much. I've shoveled more than this. But once you put the shovel in there, it was like, oh. So anyway, Brian Nisnansky, Storm Team 4 meteorologist, he was on Wisconsin's Afternoon News, and he explained the science of it, that yes, the sleet that we had was remarkably heavier. A cubic foot. Let's take a cubic foot of a standard heavy snow. That weighs 6.2 pounds. Okay. Now, sleet has a ratio of 2.4 to 1. So that same cubic foot would weigh 26 pounds, which is four times more than standard snow. So if you piled up that much sleet, that would weigh four times more than if you piled up standard snow. And there you go. So if you're plow guy on the roof, you're just moving snow like you always have and never thought anything of it. You dump it all in here, and someone raised the question on the text line, like, so wait, this parking structure can support cars, but it can't support snow? Well, what it can't support is dozens of cars all on top of each other, the weight of that much in one spot. So Molly Bernard, she's a meteorologist with Channel 12, she tweeted out a post about this, and it's actually a great graphic on it. She did some more math, Yeah, she did the math on this. She goes, assuming that all the sleet on the rooftop of the parking garage at Bayshore was pushed into six parking spots, assuming that that's what was done, the weight of all the sleet is approximately 70 tons. That's about the same as 35 cars. So if you're going to put 35 cars on six parking spots, yeah, it's going to fall through. And now 
Fortunately, the worst thing that we're worried about is how long is it going to take to rebuild that ramp and get that structure back open, but also for the few people that did have their cars in the ramp. <laughs> They're stuck up there. At least a month, maybe months, oh plural. I want to say that that wouldn't affect me not to have my car for a month, but no, it would. What if you got stuff in it? What if your wallet's in there? Well, so you don't think they can even get up there and grab their wallet or a car seat or something? Well, how? Well, there's stairways. Like a trampoline up there? There's stairways. You no. Have to be- yeah, they're well, all. How well, do you think they get down? They're they not letting parachute. anybody up the stairs, are they? I'm just saying. Maybe, I suppose. They could go through could... and say the, the structure is secure. You can come up and get your stuff, but your car on the roof, that's there. I mean, there's no other way to get that down, is Others there? have suggested bringing in a crane and plucking them off the top. I don't know <laughs> that I see that happening. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work and money. And who s- pays for that? Right. Well, who's going to pay for your rental car? No one, right? Like, it's not like you're going to use insurance if you if your car is stuck up there. Because you can get insurance if your car's in a wreck. You can have, you know, the enhanced insurance where if my car's in a wreck and it's in the shop, I get included in my insurance. I get a, a rental car. You yeah. pay for that. But they find the insurance company. Car looks fine to me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nothing wrong with the car. <laughs> not our problem. Sorry. Not our fault you can't get to it. Well, fortunately, that's the biggest problem that we're talking about this morning. 846. Right. Now playing at a theater near you. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on The bear, it fucking did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. Yeah, sure did. (laughs) <laughs> it is here. They actually started a couple of showings last night. Last right? night, yes. A movie we've been talking about for months. I don't think they had an overnight screening, but, <laughs> but they right. did have some Thursday night Mul- It's showing on multiple screens in every <laughs> yeah. theater. I don't there know that it's that. There were guys in bear costumes everywhere. A lot of people talking about it, though. Cocaine Bear, now in theaters, very, very, very loosely based on something that did actually happen once in the mid-1980s. I love that you feel like you have to justify that it was... Because otherwise we would have believed that a a bear was doing... Well, because it says, based on a true story. (laughs) That's accurate. Or maybe that's true, but maybe not accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It is based on a true story, but it's nothing really like the true story. An airborne smuggler did dump some $20 million worth of cocaine over a forest in Georgia in the mid-80s. And a bear was later found dead, believed to have gotten into the coke. Yeah. Beyond that, nothing else parallels this story. (laughs) It's about where the realism ends. But uh, how about the reviews? Seen some good, some bad. For the reviews that are bad, I'm wondering what exactly did you think this was? (laughs) Yeah, did you go in for character development where you're expecting layers of cinematography that would just awe-inspire you? This guy, writer for AP News, Mark Kennedy, yes, there's a giant bear, and yes, it does a ton of coke, and yes, just as you probably suspected, the movie blows. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bad movie. It's not enough about bears or what. I don't... (laughs) Well, so we're going to go see it. We're still trying to figure out what day we're going. But we're going to go pancake year in, right? You're going to be a new dad, Absolutely. but you can still go see movies and Don't stuff, Don't even right? have to ask <laughs> Yes. Baby's not here yet. Yeah, yeah you can come out. Um, so. <laughs> My last taste of freedom. That's right. This is what you're doing with it. But, like, do we need to, like, I don't know, is there any prep we need to do or anything? No, apparently we don't. 
let me, here's another review. This is uh, Scott Sice, comedian on Twitter. Here's what you need to know before you see Cocaine Bear. Nothing. Thank you, Scotty. Because <laughs> right. he said this, it, this is exactly what you think it is. You don't need to read a comic book from 1978. The bear wasn't introduced at the end of the Eternals. If you've ever heard the words cocaine or bear before, you're completely up to speed. Don't come to this movie for a pop quiz, okay? As Nicole Kidman said, we come to Cocaine Bear for magic. For magic, yes. And I don't know that Nicole Kidman said that. But... I hope she did. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, the, you know, the negative review, again, I'll read you another line from that. It's a parody of a parody that director Elizabeth Banks has turned limp and pointless again that's like comparing it's like saying you went to a romantic comedy and you were really disappointed in the special effects <laughs> I love how disappointed you are in the review like, well, it's, just like it's almost offended you yes because like, they don't review this film this is a clown show it is what it is it's, it's about a coked up be, bear yeah. that rips people apart and it's hilarious. Although I'd so there. So Elizabeth Banks, who has gotten into the uh, the business, actually, she started off as an actress. I think a forty year old virgin might have been one of her first movies that she was in. Um, but she got she's now become quite an accomplished behind the scenes uh, director and doing different things like that, which I think is pretty cool. And she actually talked about like how important it was to make this like a legit movie. She didn't want it to like end her career, which just kind of made me laugh. You know, uh, snakes on a plane or like, you know, Sharknado. I mean, that's that that was the concern. The concern was that I would it wouldn't be taken seriously as a filmmaking endeavor because of the content. (laughs) Is it this is this not Sharknado? Is it not snakes on a plane? It's cocaine bear. I like her and I expect to like this film, but not because I think it's some sort of cinematic gem. <laughs> like, I just want to go see this coked up bear rolling around and ripping people apart. And laugh at the actors as and they just, scream and right. run. Yes. And I'm not going to complain about the screenplay. I have the lowest of expectations equaling the highest of expectations. So what are the odds right? on Monday? If we get this scene over the weekend, like we're trying to get figured out. Yeah. On Monday, are we disappointed? Not a chance. All right. Because, well, I guess, because I mean, what are you expecting? Really thud. How? <laughs> I don't <understand>. <laughs> How can it? Because what are you expecting? I'm expecting some jokes that I laugh at. I'm expecting some gratuitous gore. And I'm expecting a bear high on cocaine and Ray Liotta. It can't, That's right. I forgot Ray Liotta. It can't it not deliver on all of Bullseye. that. Bullseye! 856-WTMJ-W277-CV and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. You think I'm kidding? That happened. I actually looked for the archive video. <laughs> I no, I believe you. Happened. I believe you. You can call Charles and confirm with him. He knows he did it. We were just commenting on, occasionally, you know, the local news we talk about all the time. When Eric's on the news, they put the thing under his face. Says, Eric Bilstead, witness of whatever happened. Witness, right. Uh, Greg Hill, producer, WTMJ, right. So the identifying super, as we sure, call it. yeah. And sometimes folks who don't want their full identity mentioned will just say, well, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to give you my last name, which I always found curious. You're on TV. <laughs> we see you, like, oh, keep your last name secret, but... Whatever, I'm not going to not put someone on for sure, that. Yeah. So there was someone, one of the news stations had somebody up, first name only, and we were talking about that. And you were surprised that 
people are getting away with that? Uh, well, I, I didn't say getting away, but I, I think I said that uh, you're seeing that more and more now. I, I've noticed it more and more now where that's generally accepted where the, the chroma key or the CG won't yeah. have a full name on there. And you'd rather not, as the reporter in that situation, go first name only, but whatever. I guess what do I care? And I told right. you, yeah. Charles Benson put a guy on TV named Bake Bean. <laughs> and that's what the graphic said. The man insisted that was his name, and not even Baked Bean. Baked Bean. There he is, Baked oh, Bean. Boy. Chuck referred to him by his name as well. I spoke with Baked Bean, and it was like a serious story. He was a witness to something. Oh, and Charles man. was on scene, and sure enough, that's what came up. Baked Bean. So, Greg, if you ever are a witness for TV, will you please, please... Say your name is just Pancake. Oh, I will not back down. <laughs> and no last name. No, no last name. <laughs> I spoke with Like Pan- Cher. Yeah, like yeah. Cher. Yeah. Pancake. If we're not building that brand here, then what are we doing? <laughs> Cher, Pancake, and Baked Bean. 901, Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.